This is Taking Care in Business, a podcast that dives into the topic of corporate social responsibility from many different perspectives. Host Kathy Pedrotti Hayes is an expert in CSR and philanthropic giving, and her co-host Vicki Bolson is the founder and CEO of Bolson Group, a unified marketing company that was also the first B Corp certified company in Indiana. Kathy and Vicki became friends and equally passionate about CSR when they first worked together several years ago. Join them as they talk about why it is always worthwhile to take care in business. How are you today? I am great. I'm excited to be here with you today. Same here. We have a great guest today. We do. We have Moyalena Wallace, and she's with us from New York City, where she uses her expertise in instructional design to run Fit for Life NYC, an organization that is dedicated to providing the underserved with traditional and non-traditional movement activities. To address the challenge of not having nearly as many opportunities for physical activity in schools and in communities, Fit for Life NYC Play with Purpose program was created. This model for sports, dance, fitness, and movement-based programs focuses on boosting a youth and adult self-confidence, maximizes the amount of time one moves, minimizes competition, encourages sportsmanship, and promotes a lifetime of activity. Today, Fit for Life NYC proudly partners with schools, community, and nonprofit organizations throughout the entire city. A benefit corporation since its inception in 2003, a B Corp certified company since 2016, Fit for Life was recently named a Best of NYC honoree as well as Best for the World. Can you believe it? No, that's so cool. I know, I know. We're so blessed to have Moalina here today. Uh, how are you? I'm good. I'm good. Thank you for having me. You're welcome. We're excited. I'm a former New Yorker, so I'm I'm even more excited. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. <laughs> well, we always start off with asking uh, a particular question, and that one is, how do you define CSR, corporate social responsibility? I define it um, within, well, first, we define it uh, as a company as an understanding of what the community needs are and then letting that drive our business. So we are first a mission-driven organization um, and constantly wanting to give back through movement, through fitness, and through activities that the community needs and wants to focus on. So it's really about giving back and an understanding of the community needs before our needs and before the bottom line needs. That's wonderful. You know, I was very curious to, to hear about your benefit corporation status and the fact that you guys have been a benefit corporation since 2003. How did you make the decision to do that as opposed to being a nonprofit? One of the things our, our CEO, Mr. Neil Ramnerin, uh, decided um, was to look at it from a business perspective and not a nonprofit in terms of being locked into um, a very specific mission or locked into uh, a very specific type of funders. Because the needs of the communities are ever-changing, uh, we want to be able to make sure that we're changing while at the same time meeting those needs. So it was a very difficult decision because some do see us as a nonprofit organization, um, but at the same time, you know, even though we are mission-driven, being a business or being a benefits corporation just allows us the flexibility to change with the times and not being locked into, again, particular funders. 
Marlena, would you just talk a little bit about the fact that uh, the benefit corporation versus a 501c3 for our listeners so they understand what uh, what the process is to become a benefit corporation and what standards you have to uphold so with a, a 501 the the biggest difference uh, is with a 501c3 um, you have to be able to uh, have your board in intact whereas with a benefits corporation um, it's really about more so the, the corporate social, as we talked about, the corporate social responsibility. Um, so, for instance, um, a level of accountability. So, how for benefits corporation, how are you serving the community? How are, yeah, what is the culture like, your policy and procedures as it relates to your team? Um, how are you giving back to your team? How are you giving back to the community? How are you more socially conscious? Um, for a 501c3, oh, and with a benefit corporation, you, you don't have to have a, a board. Um, we're a small, uh, a small business, um, and so we have, and the reason why I say small is we have over 50 part-time uh, teachers, mentors, and coaches, um, but we have three core full-time staff members. Um, whereas with a 501c3, um, putting the board in place uh, is crucial. Once you have the board in place um, and once you uh, become a 501c3, um, that also lists you as, a non -ex uh, as exempt uh, from paying taxes. It also means that as a 501c3, um, you know, everything from the political side, uh, and there's just certain things that you're locked into, um, again, as opposed to, to being a, a, a benefits corporation. Now, as a benefit corporation, you cannot uh, receive donations. Is that correct? Correct. Yeah. Um, that, that's a good point. Uh, we can't receive any type of uh, do donations, whereas with a nonprofit, we can receive donations. Um, we can also, uh, as a nonprofit, you can receive donations uh, in addition to uh, very specific funding for a specific program. Sure. Uh, whereas as benefits corporations, we do have sponsorships. So, for instance, um, if there's a particular program, we ask for product sponsorships. So, for our Teacher Fit Day program, um, what we did, we did a ask uh, to a number of corporations within the communities that our teachers were familiar with, um, and we received uh, just a, some great gifts for the teachers. But again, it doesn't go to us, it goes specifically to uh, that program. I, I know that you're in Brooklyn, the Bronx, Harlem, Queens. <laughs> yeah. Right? Can, All over, yes. <laughs> what kind of programs specifically do you take to them? Just give a couple of examples of some typical programming. All right. So our, our main program is really working with um, New York City schools. Um, and the, the reason why is because um, uh, physical education uh, is not is not seen as a a source of education, um, and so what happens is if test scores are low in underserved communities, then physical education, along with arts and other movement-based programs, typically go. 
So what we try to do is work hand in hand with our partners, um, even though they might have limited resources. I don't know if you're familiar, but here in New York City, there are a number of co-located schools. And so co-located schools means that you can have in a building up to four schools, a high school, a charter school, a community learning school, um, and then another DOE elementary school. So space is limited. Again, first thing to go is physical education or any form of movement because the teachers really don't know how to utilize the space. Um, and so that's where Fit for Life NYC comes in. Our programming takes place in the hallways. It takes place in cafeterias. It takes place in classrooms. Um, it doesn't matter what the space is. Our goal is to ensure that students are moving throughout the day. Yeah, that's wonderful. Well, and, and I've heard, and I'm sure many others and listeners have, is that sitting is the new smoking, right? So getting up and moving is <laughs> yes. really important, and and doing that even if it is a kind of a confined space. That's really that's great to hear. Um, can you talk a yes. little bit about what Best of NYC is and Best of uh, Best for the World? Because we know a little bit about that, but I don't think our listeners do. So the, the best for New York City, um, uh, I'm so grateful uh, for them um, because uh, they came around um, and they had asked uh, a number of different uh, businesses throughout New York City um, if they were interested in being a part of really looking at what are some of the best practices for New York City businesses. Um, and so uh, I said yes. Uh, and jumped on on that opportunity. Uh, so it started out with a, a group of us um, over a think about a, a six week period where we did everything from sustainability to understanding financial to really looking at well what does it mean to to be a a business in New York City um, that has an understanding of of a corporate social responsibility. Um, and so we went through uh, a series of, of, like I said, trainings and classes. We got a chance to meet other small businesses and even medium-sized businesses and some nonprofits um, as well. And just kind of putting, wrapping our head around, uh, around the central idea of, you know, man, this is hard. It is, it's, it's really hard to want to do good for your community. It's really hard to want to do good for your team members while still, you know, uh, understanding the and meeting the bottom line. Um, so after all of the, the classes, after some, you know, being in touch with Best for New York City, they came up with, um, after we did an, an assessment piece, they came up and they evaluated, well, who are the best businesses for New York City? And we were one of them that was chosen, not just for top honors for being the best for New York City, but also being the best for, for Brooklyn. Um, and again, what that means is that we are a mission-driven organization, putting our community first, putting our team members first um, before, the, before the bottom line. Um, and then the best for the world uh, is, is an extension of that, really looking at businesses around the globe uh, who really embody and embrace the model of uh, being mission-driven and wanting to do good for not only the, the earth, but for their community, for their state, and for their city, and again, for their team. 
I, I know they did Best of Philly, I think, and they've done Best of maybe Chicago? Uh, yeah, and maybe oh, tr- wow. maybe they did, did, sure they did, they did Toronto? Toronto. I think they did Toronto as well. Yeah. Yeah. It's wonderful. Well, congratulations. I mean, it, yeah. It, thank you so much. It was, it was such a, a great and, and, and humbling experience that, you know, it, it, it feels, because sometimes you think you're in this by yourself, and it's, mm-hmm. it's, a, it's a struggle. But when you, you see that there are others that want it and, and really want to do good, then it, 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 it is so humbling. Well, that's a, such a great comment, and that's, in fact, why we do this podcast, because we found so many companies uh, similar to yours that really have this need and desire to um, want to reach out and not feel like an island and, and get to know best practices and get to know different alternatives. So um, that's great. Can you talk a little bit about, and I think I know the answer to this question already, but um, would you say that your company's involvement in CSR was by default or by design? It was definitely designed. Mm-hmm. Uh, so everything that we do, we do with a purpose. Um, and so, you know, one of the, the key things that, you know, our CEO always asks, well, well, why? That should be the driving question. Why are we doing this? And that's how we came up with the play with a purpose model. And when we when we teach our teachers or our coaches and our mentors, you know, it's, okay, so now you're teaching with a purpose. You want youth and adult participants to play with a purpose, but you also need to be able to teach with a purpose. So everything we, we do is, is definitely by, by design. Have you noticed over the years that you've had to make adjustments by looking at your impact and your, your data? And if so, what kind of changes have you made from, from, from that data? The biggest, that's a good question. You know, the, the, the biggest one was, um, understanding what is the partnership what does the relationship uh look like and you know if our first ceo was here he, he would definitely testify to the fact that i'm i'm a, a relationship builder and and the reason why is because i always want to be able to make sure that i'm i'm meeting your needs and so for us it's the the needs of the community so if our goal is to be able to have this impact um as it relates to um, decreasing the childhood obesity to decreasing adult obesity. Um, and what we found was that there were schools and organizations calling us um, just for, for one-time services. Um, and that's, that's fine, but when it came to, okay, so how can we increase our frequency? How can we make more of an impact? Um, it, it was difficult for them to make a commitment. So what we looked at uh, about two years ago was, all right, if we stop working with X amount of schools and and organizations because the impact is not there, we're not getting the the frequency, and it's it's no longer in line with our mission, how will this affect the bottom line? And it affects the bottom line, uh, we lost uh, a little over 100, and $50,000 in revenue, Um, again, only because there were organizations and schools that were uh, no longer in line with with our mission or didn't want to celebrate the impact that we wanted to have in underserved communities. And you know what, that's okay. Because again, here's where I was relating back to what I said earlier, you know, their, their needs change. 
um, but the needs of the community still remain the same. That just might not be the best route for us to take through that school and through that organization. Mm -hmm. Wow. How many people have you served? <laughs> so last year, uh, we served over 2,200 uh, youth and we served uh, over 400 uh, adults. And so um, the year before that, um, we served uh, over uh, close to 3,000 youth and 1,200 adults um, through one of our programs, which was uh, Teacher Fit Day. So during that, that the year of 20, 2015 to 2016, you know, that's when we made that conscious decision all right, so for right now, we might not be serving um, the same amount of youth, but we're having more of an impact. And then we're going to see those numbers grow. But mm -hmm. definitely we want to be able to make sure that we're, we're having the impact that we want to have. Sure. And so kind of given all of that, are, are, do, you, do you see that are there opportunities to scale this beyond New York City? Uh, yes. And, you know, we... Um, Emil, our, our CEO, and I, we, we have talked about that, um, you know, looking at um, New Jersey, specifically Newark, um, you know, but I think it's a matter of us figuring out, uh, making sure that we have a, a, a grip um, or an understanding mm -hmm. of the, the needs of New York City's community. And you would think like, okay, you know, it's been about what, 14 years. But the, the needs are, are just are always changing. And the amount of initiatives that have come out as a result of Fit for Life NYC and our community health partners um, as well have, have grown. And so while we definitely see a Fit for Life Newark um, or other parts of, of Jersey or other cities like Chicago, we definitely want to make sure that we have a, a tight grip on meeting the needs of New York City. Sure. No, I think that that definitely makes sense. And it would seem to me, too, that you'd really need to get a good, you know, community partner in some of those other areas to help identify what those needs are, because they certainly are different um, community to community. And, and actually, that, and that's a, a, a good point in terms of, you know, in terms of scaling. And if we were looking at the bottom line, you're absolutely right. We, we could take this and and run with it and really look at all of, um, you know, even the, the East Coast or the tri-state area, uh, underserved communities and make them fit for life. But again, going back to our mission, making sure that it's, it's by design and that it's with a purpose. Mm -hmm. As a former athlete, do you, I know you've, you, you're a runner, correct? Yes, I am. And you ran in high school and college, and you told me that it's your life. You still you still run. Uh, does that um, <laughs> impact just, I mean, did you think when you were back in college that this is what you'd be doing? Uh, not at all. Um, I thought that I would be, my background was communication and political science, and I, I thought that I would either be um, the next great, director or 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 something to that effect um but you know what i i didn't see the signs at the time because you're you're young but i always loved working with youth i was i was the youth as my mom put it you know that would go down to a playground with a ball in my hand and scout out some kids that that were either by themselves um and say you 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 all right we're gonna play tag or we're gonna play kickball 
I know you didn't want to, but (laughs) you'll have fun with it. (laughs) So, you know, um, I think as I grew, you know, professionally and personally, I, I shied away from working with children because you know, they you, you take them home with you. Mm. You you take their struggles. You 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 take their desires. You and you, you take it home with you because you you want the best for. I know it's two thousand and two hundred, but I want the best for all two thousand and two hundred of them. Mm-hmm. And that's that's what's constantly on my mind. Wow. That. Um. What advice would you give to our listeners about how to get um, started or incorporating CSR into their workplace? The, the best advice is, um, you know, I, I was a part of Coral in, in, uh, here in New York City, and they started their program uh, with why you do what you do mm-hmm. and let that be the driving factor of everything that you do and that's that's the basis you know you you have to be grounded and for us it's our mission we are grounded in our mission and not to say that we're not flexible again we we change with the the times but there has to be something that drives you you know if it has to do with um the the earth or it has to do with um you know, something as it relates to your passion of cars or whatever your passion is, you know, to go with that and then create the, the mission from that passion. You you just can't go wrong if you have a solid foundation. Mm-hmm. That's great advice. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah I, we're going to ask you in a second to let people know how they can find you, but I just wanted to ask one more question. How hard is it for you to recruit or how easy is it to recruit your your staff given your mission um it's tough it's it's tough um because one if we're we're looking at you know a lot of the the teachers and the coaches i mean they they range from 30 hours uh per day to you know three hours per week and some of our, our teachers and our coaches and our mentors, they come from the Bronx to work in Brooklyn. And we, we drive home from the moment we do our screening um, to the, the recruitment process, we drive home the mission. And our orientation, we drive home the mission. We let them know that it's not about us, it's about the, the, the children that we serve. Um, and you know, our recruiting is, is Again, it's purposeful. You know, what, one of the reasons why we were chosen as best for New York City and best for the world is because we recruit within the underserved communities that we serve. It's so important for us to be able to, to make sure that, you know, hey, listen, someone extended their hand to you um, to pull you up. We want you to be able to do the same. It is the only way our community is going to grow. So it's it's tough. We, you know, our we take a we do a, we have a great retention rate, um, over ninety percent, and that's because we're we're constantly driving home the the mission. So that was a good question. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, half the workforce in twenty twenty will be millennials, and 
stereotypically they want you know impact they want to have mission in their their work so hopefully it'll get easier and easier as you uh, continue doing such good work oh thank you so let's um, let's wrap up with you giving some information on where people can find out more about Fit for Life NYC or contact you personally. Sure. Um, so Fit for Life NYC, you can find us on the web at uh, www.fit4lifenyc.com. Uh, you can also give us a call at 718 210 3374 and you can find Fit for Life NYC on the on Instagram. You can also tweet us and you can also find us on Facebook. Again, the same name, Fit for Life NYC. And it's a four, right? The number four. Yes, <laughs> Fit for Life. Okay. Well, thank you so much, Moilena. Yes, it's very inspirational. Keep up the good work. We're anxious to hear how things continue to uh, evolve for you guys. Thank you so much, and thank you again so much for this wonderful opportunity. Oh, you're welcome. You're welcome. Let's give a big thank you to Matthew Sosi, our podcast engineer. You can visit the Taking Care in Business website at takingcareinbusiness.com. Or just visit us on Instagram, Twitter, or Facebook at Taking Care in Biz. That's Taking Care in B-I-Z. If you have questions or comments, you can email us at any time at info at takingcareinbusiness.com. Thank you for joining us today, and until next time, take, take care, care in, in business. business.